We are parents, we are doctors, we are first responders, teachers, and concerned citizens who have found ourselves at a crossroads. We see our freedoms being stripped away and we can no longer stay silent. We are millions strong, united in a thundering voice and imperative mission that cannot and will not be ignored. We are standing up for the basic human right to raise our own children, earn a living, and make our own medical decisions without the tyrannical overreach that has been forced upon us here in California, across the country, and around the world. We are here to amplify the voices, moving the needle, bringing forth truth, and provide education and resources with tangible tools and expert insights. We are The Unity Project, and this is our podcast. What's up, everyone? I'm Laura Sextro, CEO of The Unity Project and your podcast host. On today's episode, we talk to Nicole Pearson. She is tirelessly working to protect children's rights and stop the crazy mandates that are happening in the state of California. She is an attorney that is working to pursue litigation against LAUSD and other entities in protection of children. I hope that you enjoy this episode. She is full of energy and has a tremendous amount of information to share. So today I am so excited. I've been waiting for this podcast for a while. Um, You're so busy, it's hard to get your attention, but we finally got your attention and I'm so thrilled because you have to be hands down one of the hardest working people in this fight. I don't know that I've met another person in this fight that sleeps less than you, does more than you. Um, So I'm so excited to have you here. Tell us about how you got started in this. Well, thank you for another wonderful introduction. I feel the same way about you guys. I really feel blessed that we all work together um, and we all work so hard, but in our different ways. I just am on the internet more about it, so I think you guys know a little (laughs) bit more that I'm up at three in the morning, whereas I'm sure everybody else is doing, or a lot of people are doing the same. We just don't don't know, yeah, or that. so I, how I got in the fight? Yeah, tell us about that. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's just weird because it wasn't one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I should start by saying that I have two, we have two small children. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest is now five and my youngest is mm-hmm. three. And both of them have medical conditions that made it very, um, COVID very something that I was really concerned about okay and I was on lockdown we were not seeing people for several weeks like washing my groceries um take off your clothes when you come in the house not seeing people Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean specifically my our youngest has a hole in her heart and my other one has breathing problems so sorry it's okay um and and actually, I, I think that we got COVID right in December 2019. Oh, interesting. Right, because okay. um, we went to the emergency room several times because mm-hmm. of my eldest breathing issues. And obviously, there was no COVID test there. Sure. So mm-hmm. we tested for influenza A and B and all mm-hmm. of these viruses and came back negative. Right. And we had no idea. And the doctor said, you know, there's millions of viruses out there. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. Don't worry about it. You know, just continue with your breathing treatments and X, Y, Z. But because of that, um, I started researching, and then that's when I found out about what was the China virus, mm-hmm. and I was terrified. And I like almost preemptively locked us down because I was so worried about that coming here. And um, then, lo and behold, it did, mm-hmm. and or at least it publicized <laughs> came out. <laughs> right. So, um, 
I just want to preface that because I do understand the psychology behind what has happened to sure. us, what they've done to us for the last I mean, two years. I have I have a heart condition. Oh, I didn't know. Um, and I've been pretty open about the fact that in the first, you know, I would say the first couple of weeks of mm-hmm. lockdown, so mm-hmm. this was, you know, rewind back to March, mm-hmm. I was also very concerned. I was one of those people that would go, if I had to leave the house, I looked like I was going to Chernobyl <laughs> and I had, you know, those, yeah. those big masks yep. on. Yep. Um, but oh my gosh! Very I'm quickly, PTSD, probably. PTSD. Thinking right. about that, I probably, much like you did, very quickly realized that mm-hmm. we didn't need to, to right. pursue it in that manner. Right. So. And and so you asked how I got involved, and so I'm I'm very scared. But you know, as a lawyer, I'm still I was actively reading a lot and trying to understand what was happening. Mm-hmm. And when I saw different rules and guidelines rolling out, I was just like, this is really interesting. This has never happened before, and it's never happened that way before, and that's not the rule when something like this does happen. And so my antenna started perking up, and um, truly one of the things that really got me going was two two things um, almost simultaneously, but one, I live in Orange County, Mm -hmm. and um, I was starting to hear rumblings about school vaccination clinics, and a vaccine passport. And so when, and I truly, again, was, uh, you know, that would never happen here, that's crazy. They would never vaccinate students on campus without their parents knowing. Lo and behold, two of my clients are children, mothers of vaccine injured children who were vaccinated on campus without their parents' consent. Um, And the, the vaccine passports, so I started because I heard about the vaccination clinics on campus, and this was two years ago, mind you, okay? Mm-hmm. So just for the conspiracy theorists, thank, shout out to the conspiracy theorists out, out there, because thanks <laughs> for letting so us know. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> right. And so when I went to the Board of Education, I literally stopped by because my friends had asked me, is this true, is this legal, can they do this? And I said, absolutely not. I totally wrote my friends off. I was mm-hmm. like, you guys are crazy, literally to my friends. Everything that anyone's ever said to me uh, recently in the last two years, and I just decided to stop by the meeting totally randomly. Not randomly, I knew it was happening, but I was happened to be in the mm-hmm. area. I was like, I'm just gonna go see. That's just my personality. Sure. So I was like, I'm just gonna go myself. I'll mm-hmm. just go see what's going on, which is actually a good point we should talk about here. I'm gonna figure it out for myself, I'm just gonna go. And when I sat in the audience and I was listening to what the board was talking about, and Mr. Chow, because I refuse to call him Dr. Clayton Chow, I was like, oh my gosh, they're really discussing this. Yes, shocking. They're really, dis- mm-hmm. and I could not believe it. And if I hadn't been there by my, myself in person, mm-hmm. I never would have known. And so I literally ran out to the car. I told you the story. I got, a, I had some clothes in the car that I was taking the dry cleaner, a dirty blazer, and I pulled it out <laughs> and put it on because I wanted to be semi credible. Sure. Uh, when I went in and gave an analysis, I did a strict scrutiny analysis of what it would take what kind of um, scrutiny a a rule like that would have to pass in order to infringe on parents fundamental first amendment 15 14 all fifth excuse me 14th all the amendment but constitutional rights to have a family or not Mm -hmm. have a family that's you know who you marry if you and if you do have a family how you raise your family what kind of medical attention and so that's a strict, when you infringe upon or encroach upon fundamental rights, it's the highest level of scrutiny. A court will give it the most rigorous review mm-hmm. because if you're encroaching on a fundamental right, something that the founders and, and judges and, and governments since the beginning of this country have determined to be so sacred, sacred exactly, mm-hmm. it's the highest level of review. 
And so when I did that, you know, 20, you know, this day and age, I guess, went viral on social media. And that's when I realized that people had no idea. They have no idea. They, to no this idea. day, people have no, no idea. idea. Um, no idea. People have no idea that there are bills right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. uh, SB 866. <laughs> I know it was just amended, and we can talk about why oh, that was still, in, in my opinion, and I'm sure you hold the same opinion, that that was the wrong thing to do. But mm-hmm. regardless if it's 12 or it's 15, mm-hmm. uh, that there is a bill that is currently being reviewed that is in the legislative process that will allow children as young as 12, mm-hmm. potentially 15, mm-hmm. to make their own medical decisions without yeah. parent knowledge or consent. Right. Uh, people have no idea that that exists. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. People have no idea that on Monday there will be a vote on AB 2098, mm-hmm. which will, in my opinion, mm-hmm. destroy right. the medical system. Oh, that's it. it mm-hmm. It's so beyond uh, what I think the the authors of this bill are trying to convince mm-hmm. the, those few people that actually know about the bills right. that it's related to COVID. It's so much broader oh, than horrible. than than COVID. Right. So let's talk a little bit about um, from a legal framework. Mm-hmm. How did we get here in the state of California? I know there's a lot of you know no, no, no. people it's talk not about that complicated. well people talk about the Prep Act. People talk about oh, from, sure. from from a legal framework. How are we sitting here on in June of 2022, mm-hmm. and we are facing our medical rights being taken away. Our parental rights have already been infringed upon, and mm-hmm. they're going—they're continuing to, mm-hmm. to declare war on them. Mm-hmm. We were locked down for two years. Mm-hmm. Children couldn't go to school. We were forced to wear masks, which we now know scientifically had no impact. In fact, there's right. actually the opposite right. impact. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Now we're talking about forced vaccinating children in order to go to school Mm -hmm. with a vaccine that is under an emergency use authorization. Mm -hmm. No one is operating under informed consent. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, uh, children are not at risk from this virus Mm -hmm. and they're not vectors of transmission. So from a legal framework, (laughs) that was mouthful. How did we get to this point? Well, so what I was going to say when I interrupted you was the state of emergency. And I mean, that's it. If, if, you know, I just tweeted the other day, and I tweeted when they authorized it for 12 and up, and I tweeted again when they did it for five and up, and I tweeted again when they did it for six months or zero and up or whatever they're doing. You cannot have an emergency use authorization if there's no emergency. No one wants to talk about that. Right. And it's also, the speaking from a legal perspective, it's, it is the problem of the judges and our judicial system, our judiciary mm-hmm. system, that didn't want to hold our elected representatives to task yeah. and force them to prove what it means to be in an emergency and yeah. to prove that. And we gave way too much discretion for a very long time, and I get it. And, you know, I, we have to understand that our elected representatives, you know, whether they're assemb- state assembly people or senators and or judges, all of us are human beings at the end of the day. And so I get it. There were a lot of judges that were like, hey, I'm scared of COVID. I mm-hmm. want to be in a state of emergency. I want the government to be forcing other right. people to be considerate of me. Sure. So we do have to take that into account. But at a certain point. Right. I mean, I think we both acknowledged our own personal journey uh-huh. that yeah. within the first few weeks, maybe even the first few no, months. months right? I'm going to be honest. It was okay. a couple. It was like first three months. Was, yeah. But two and a half years later. Oh, 100%. So I was going to say, wait, what is it, six months? I mean, the definition of emergency, you cannot be in an emergency that's long. I mean, right. just by sheer definition, even just colloquial 
not even a legal definition of emergency, right. you, there's no way that you can live in an emergency for two, two years. Right. The entire human population at this point mm-hmm. would have been wiped out mm-hmm. if this oh, were yeah. technically an still emergency. a yeah. true emergency. Mm-hmm. So it's the state of emergency. How well, and I and I did oh, okay. hear that the the governor extended the state of emergency. Uh, yes, yes. Um, On my birthday, yeah. Yeah, continues. Yeah, happy birthday yeah, to you. you. <laughs> what I wanted. It's <laughs> such a big <laughs> deal that we we create a state of emergency for you. Um, but but continue to extend the state of emergency. Mm-hmm. How do we end this? How do we how do we make an impact? So, you know, um, how do we end this? You know, the, the problem, just to go back to answer your question really quickly, is, is when you do have an emergency, an actual emergency, what, what requires is coordination of emergency services and uh, materials and support and personnel across, in, in California specifically, it's across counties. You need mm-hmm. to have, uh, you're coordinating again because there was a flood in San Diego or a fire in Northern California. And right. so, so you need that, and I do understand when there's an emergency and you need to suspend regular policies and procedures mm-hmm. and protocols because you have got to address the emergency, we don't have time to do, you know, twelve no bid mm-hmm. cars. Excuse me, contra- bid twelve contracts, post them for ninety days. Right. Da, da, da. We don't have time for that, but clearly that's not what's happening. But because they don't want to bid the contracts, mm-hmm. because they don't want us to elect the Orange County Health right. Officer, yeah. we don't want them. We don't want the public involved in this debate and giving people an opportunity to be heard. That's why they continue, so the, the, these local, and I, I want to emphasize because you asked this question, mm-hmm. there are cities have emergencies, counties have emergencies, and states have emergencies. Mm-hmm. And so if enough cities, and many cities have, ended their local emergencies, if enough cities in one county end their emergencies, then the county can end their emergency. I mean, they have to by default. Mm-hmm. And then if you have counties in the state, which I think there are 54, 58, I think yeah. 58 counties in the state of California, then Governor Newsom would have to do that. I mean, it would just, it would So naturally. are you seeing that at all? I don't know that I've seen that. So there, Huntington some. Beach, San Juan, I think San Juan Capistrano. I, I actually don't know them off the top of my head. Yorba Linda. Uh, there are, I think, around 11 cities in Orange County who have okay. ended. Uh, I know Placer County, for uh-huh. example, they've never had an emergency. Like, literally, I think it was July 2020, they uh-huh. ended their county emergency. That's great. They have never had any of the issues. They uh-huh. have not dealt with masking. They have not dealt with testing. And mm-hmm. they have always done their own thing. They're like, we have no local emergency. Our firm is suing the Orange County Board of Supervisors and Orange County to end the local. There's two code mm-hmm. sections. So there's a local emergency and a local health emergency. Mm-hmm. So we sued under both of those. So to answer your question, we can do it ourselves right. by going to our city councils and getting them to pass resolutions to mm-hmm. end the local emergencies and coordinate across all the cities mm-hmm. in the county to get the county to right. flip. So then also go to the ca- our city's councils and then go to our boards of supervisors, get the counties to end. And if we get enough, that would end California's. Or you can don't don't sub- cities <laughs> don't cities and counties get funding? Mm-hmm. Yes, from the state for the state of emergency. Yes. So that, that's obviously one of those golden handcuff scenarios, right? Oh, for right? sure. Yeah. Twofold. Twofold <laughs> in the sense, like, our Orange County Board of Supervisors has been on the record and off the record in front of hundreds of people mm-hmm. saying that we're it's free money, we want to get the free COVID relief money, and if we're not in a state of emergency, we can't unlock those funds. Free Literally, money. <laughs> that's there's no such thing. Right. Get, get a life. <laughs> like, are you 12? Like, you don't, do you not understand that nothing in life is no free? No one has a money alone, tree. <laughs> exactly. Let alone any, anything from the government. It's not free. It's not going right. to just 
number one. Number two, that's not money that's just here. They're printing it. You're driving Mm -hmm. us into a whole recession, the whole thing. And then number three, just let us go back to work. I don't need anybody's money, even if it is free. Let me have my business. Let me hire my employees back. Let me get back to work. Let me pay my own bills. I'm not asking you for emergency relief money. I want to go back to work. You want to help our community. Let us go back to work. Let our kids go back to school. Which they're not. It's amazing. And 1993, AB 1993, Mm -hmm. I know that was put on hold. Right. For shops uh, to go to work. Right, which was yeah. one that was amazing to me, and mm. I'm, I'm glad that they put it on hold, but mm. I never um, mm. am so confident that they're not going to resurrect it. Oh, right. You know, the, I don't think people understand the impact that, that a bill like that would have had on the state of California. That's essentially a workaround for a vaccine passport. Well, yeah, and everybody, and I think especially living here in Orange County, I think that's what made my voice go st- grow stronger, actually, mm-hmm. is that people here can afford to work around it Mm -hmm. so i work for myself remotely or i have a business or i'm the boss well yeah when that federal mandate came down that they or thought that they were going to come down Mm -hmm. you and you have over 100 employees you're not going to be able to work around it or you're going to be paying twenty five thousand dollars a violation per Mm -hmm. day per employee even though you respect other people's rights and Mm -hmm. you respect medical choice and medical freedom I actually just had a meeting this morning we were talking about this and how this happened and you just asked it also it's it's because people continue to comply there you go that's a if we had said and I this is another reason I think why I got the attention that I did that allowed our platform and our community to grow so fast is because I've always said since the beginning this is these are crimes Mm -hmm. this is murder Mm -hmm. definition black letter law murder child abuse child endangerment you cannot do that the constitution says you cannot do that Mm -hmm. hundreds of year precedent says hundreds of years of precedent says you cannot do that so why am i asking for an amendment to an illegal bill right from an except an exemption from an illegal policy Mm. and and the analogy you know i'll do the pg version on this um, podcast this interview is that it's illegal to steal from people. Mm-hmm. So you don't ask the criminal, you know, can you only steal from me on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays because, <laughs> right. you know, I pay, or don't do it on the 15th of the month because that's when I pay my mortgage, or don't do it on Friday so I can go on a date night. You don't ask, no, you don't steal from people. You right. cannot steal, or, or another one mm-hmm. is abuse. Like, I have a doctor's note, I have a really bad shoulder. My right shoulder is my bad shoulder. So if you just, if you wanna, you know, abuse me, can you just abuse me on my left side? Cause I have right. a doctor's note and, or if you're gonna abuse me, only do it in this way because I'm allergic to like, you exactly. don't ask for exemptions yeah. from criminal behavior. Right. Why are we not saying, you can't do that. You can't tell me that I right. need to mask my children when I'm not scared, they're strong, they don't have any underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any data, I haven't seen any other children you know, X, Y, Z, like, I'm the parent. I don't need to take that medicine. I'm strong. I check my stats. Right. I take my, I am healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's about choice. Mm-hmm. You know, the government doesn't get to dictate these things to you. Um, so I don't remember the question, but that's <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's you brought up the, the fact that they're getting away with this because people are continuing mm-hmm. to comply. And it's always amazing always. to me. Always. You know, I had right. a, we had a podcast with Dr. Aaron Cariotti, and we mm-hmm. were talking about this from a human psychology standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I said, I never would have thought in this country 
that we would be here where we are today. I never would have thought that there were so many people mm -hmm. that were willing to comply. And I talked to a lot of people, probably more people that are opposed to what's going on mm -hmm. than, than are people that are in agreement with it, yet mm -hmm. they're going along. Mm -hmm. They're going along to get along. They mm -hmm. don't wanna cause a problem. Um, somehow they've been convinced that if they don't wear a mask that they can get in trouble. Somehow they've been convinced if they don't get vaccinated. Now I understand and it's unfortunate, right? There there are people that feel like they need their you know, they need to put food on the table, they need to put a roof over their right. head. And those are things that uh, my heart hurts for them and I and right. I can understand that's a very very mm -hmm. that's probably one of the worst things that you can do right. to a human being oh, 100%. is put them in a situation where they they have to choose right they have to choose and they potentially cannot take care of their family right that's that crazy. that's criminal that is criminal and <clears throat> and to answer and I'm obviously would defer to dr. Curiarty I was texting about earlier yeah. with earlier today about yeah. the hearing um, I think that it's the cancel culture mm -hmm. and that we have been conditioned to think that that it's that we're selfish, mm -hmm. that we us wanting to control what goes in our bodies <laughs> and right. on our bodies and in our children's bodies is selfish. Mm -hmm. And I, and that was another thing that I just was. It's like, how am I selfish? I'm actually here mm -hmm. sacrificing my time with my family, my time with my children, mm -hmm. my work, my health, my sleep, so that we, so that you can have choice. That's right. And you actually want not only for me to take these experimental, let's not even use that trigger word, it's a trigger word, these new drugs that right. have never been tested in humans before for a new virus with mm -hmm. zero longitudinal studies, and I'm actually starting to hear people similarly situated to me are having not a good time with that drug. Mm -hmm. You want me you want me to take that, and not only do you want me to take that, you want my kids to take it. Like, right. how are we even having a discussion about what selfish is? Exactly. You're an adult, yeah. you can mask, Right. You have the mental capacity, the emotional, psychological wherewithal to understand masking, to mm -hmm. process it, to understand why you're doing it. You're an adult. You can get vaccinated. Right. And you, to protect you, want <laughs> my child to take an experimental right. new drug. Makes no sense. How are you even coming at me right now with self, yeah. that word? Like, yeah. I well, cannot they're, even They're just it. repeating a mantra that they have no idea. You know, And, and for me, I, it's so clear that if they were to get vaccinated and I and I say that term very very right, cautiously right, right. injected, mm -hmm. injected. Mm -hmm. um, you can still acquire and transmit the virus and I know that their next immediate statement is well if you get vaccinated then your outcome is much more mild mm -hmm. and we now have scientific evidence that mm -hmm. that's actually not true right. that people that are vaccinated double vaccinated quadruple vaccinated they're having very dire outcomes right and then to your point if you want to get vaccinated you believe in it get okay. vaccinated mm -hmm. but the requirement that we would ask of parents to get their children vaccinated, I, I'm just, I'm dumbfounded. I cannot logically string together any rational thoughts as to how that benefits society. I mean, honestly, this is something that has, especially this weekend when I saw the authorization for babies mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, I'm, we're seeing the, you know, I, I try and be very focused on my, my platform mm -hmm. to be very specific about what I talk about and I, I want to stay really legal but you asked me a question about society and how this is mm -hmm. happening when we have parents who are taking children to drag shows um, we have parents <laughs> taking them to pride parades mm -hmm. um, and this isn't you know I'm not talking about this community at all when we have adults who are scared of children like we have teachers that are 
forcing children to mask so and get vaccinated so that they feel safe. Right. We live in an upside down world. Absolutely. Right now. I have never I have always grown up. I'm Latin. I'm an immigrant. I know I'm very close. We, you know, multi-generational mm-hmm. living, and, and we have a lot of um, care and pride and respect for our elders and, mm-hmm. and older generations. And it's a very family-centric, you know, um, culture. Yeah. Uh, so I, I always thought, you know, I was different because of that. But I'm just starting to realize that I'm not that different. That is tip- how most, you know, our society is. But we're living in like this world where they have just flipped everything on its head that we can expose children to sexuality and sex that we would sacrifice children to protect adults right to we've never done that before we when something happens you put the it's always the older and the younger the the grandparents and the kids and the lifeboats first everybody else is going to put themselves in front form a shield and protect the weakest in our communities and we're sacrificing our children we're and we sacrifice the old, the elderly as right. well. Let's we're, not be sure. We're, we're about sacrificing that. the the most vulnerable populations. 100%. And you know, you and I talked just briefly before we we went uh, on air here for the podcast mm-hmm. about the lockdowns. And yeah. I have to say, it's one of the most shocking things. I don't know if you've heard me use this analogy before, but I believe that that we did to children. Mm. And really even to elderly as well, right. because we're talking about um, a, a population that typically isn't as social because they're right. elderly. Right. Now we lock them down even more. So you, mm-hmm. have the, you have the developing, you know, the mm-hmm. adolescent, the pediatric population, mm-hmm. you have the elderly population. Mm-hmm. We did to them mm-hmm. what uh, POWs experienced. 100%. Put isolated. them in a box, mm-hmm. isolated them, mm-hmm. broke the human spirit. 100%. And it was very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing it in so many different ways mm-hmm. now. And it's, it's, it's shocking to me. Tell me about, because I'm fascinated about this, tell me about what's happening legally with, with the cases that you have to the extent that you can. I know sure. you're representing um, a few families. I know mm-hmm. you're also going after LAUSD, right, right. which uh, seems to be, uh, in my opinion, I think that the school, the teachers unions and certain schools mm-hmm. like LAUSD, they are probably the number one factor in keeping this state yeah. lo- and potentially mm-hmm. this country locked down. I mean, but to be clear they are bartering with your children's psychological and physical Mm well-being they're using them as bargaining chips in the bargaining process yeah everybody needs and that that is not every teacher hello there are incredible teachers i'm not making a statement Mm -hmm. a blanket statement about teachers i'm Mm -hmm. talking about certain leaders in the teachers union Mm -hmm. um and it's hard also because as you said earlier they have these families over a barrel like these families, especially the ones who rely on public school mm-hmm. uh, for childcare mm-hmm. uh, and for education for their children, obviously they don't have options. So they have, they're like, oh look, all these people come still come to school even though we keep torturing their, and abusing their children. It's like, I don't have an option, you sure. know? Um, I can't pull them out and start a pod. I can't hire a tutor. I can't keep them home. I can't stay home with them. I have yeah. to go to work. I have two or three jobs, like our clients. Um, so we have s- several, strategic lawsuits Mm -hmm. basically everything that you and I have talked about right now we have um, Peggy Hall is our client and Children's Health Defense California chapter there are clients in our lawsuit against the Orange County Board of Supervisors in Orange Mm -hmm. County to end the local emergency and the local health emergency because if we can do that then we and that's a critical I mean that is that is the gateway drug Mm -hmm. right we need to get these judges hold them accountable there isn't a perpetual 
suspension sure. of the separation of powers and checks and balances. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, fine, you want to give them a little bit of respect and, and, and discretion in the beginning stage of a, of a novel pandemic. That's over, like you and I were right. talking about. At a certain point, the checks and balances, and, and we can talk about Jacobson versus Massachusetts in a mm-hmm. second, because even in that case that everyone relies upon as giving states this broad authority to implement any measures that are necessary in in an outbreak is that Supreme Court case was very narrow. It was very specific. We can get that in a second. So we have that lawsuit, uh, which is really important because that will solve every problem, and we want that to win so bad because that will be the the formula for other counties so what so what happens then if mm-hmm. if you when you guys are successful mm-hmm. and speaking yeah, yeah. very when affirmative are, terms sure. uh-huh. because I think you've got a lot of, of merit in order to do that mm-hmm. so what happens when you're when you're successful with that lawsuit we end the state of emergency here mm-hmm. in uh, Orange County California mm-hmm. and then God forbid they pass SB 871 mm-hmm. which states that anyone K through 12 essentially mm-hmm. will be regardless of whether it's private or public will be required to um, vaccinate their kids in order to go to school. How, how does that impact that? Okay, so there's, there's, you know, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. There's so, there's different layers of how this is all transpiring. So one is the state of emergency, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, and then we have the school district, you know, the counties and the school districts. Mm-hmm. So locally, so they're, they're, in my mind, it's like a battlefield, right? So you have <laughs> you have the boards, whether it's right. a, a city council or a school district or, or a board of supervisors. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are rolling out guidelines and policies and procedures based because they have this new authority because of the state of emergency. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we have to go after the state and local emergencies. We have to go after the boards, hold them accountable. They took their oaths of office mm-hmm. to uphold the constitution yes. and to represent the people and protect the people. And then we have the schools, specifically the schools, um, and then we have the lobbying, the bills, right? So there are lots of ways to be tackling this, and that's why we at Facts Law Truth Justice, we have our advocacy lobbying uh, kind of branch, which is me right now. (laughs) We have that, and we're building a team around that. We have our, our strategic lawsuits, and then we have to work on elections. We have to work on getting people, good people into office. Um, so to answer your question is if when we win our Orange County Board of Supervisors lawsuit and we end the local emergency, that will be the blueprint for other uh, attorneys, hopefully, to step up, other families and communities to sue their counties because they're not upholding their oaths of mm-hmm. office to end their local emergency so that, again, we can roll it out across the state and not only end the current state of emergency, but in the event something like this happens in the future, we have this statement from this judge. which mm-hmm. It's a really... I feel sorry for our judge, but yeah. it's a big deal. You know, this is his. This is a big deal case, and he needs to take a stand and draw that line in the yes. sand and say, "This is when an emergency is. This is when it ends. Yes. These are the requirements of a board of supervisors." Because right now, the local, the Orange County mm-hmm. Board of Supervisors has said, "We want to stay, keep you." In, they have right. admitted on the record, "We want to keep you in a perpetual wow. state of emergency, not because it's an emergency, not for your health and safety, not to coordinate services, but because we want to keep the channels." of the, that, that piggy bank the funding, of funding. Right. We want to keep that channel open. They have said it on the record. Don Wagner, Wagner, Katrina Foley, Andrew Doe, all of them have said these things to our faces, on the record, at events. We are only doing this for, it's like how could, we've taken that statement and we took it to court. This is not an emergency. Right. This is a funding decision that they, well, they are 
and it's I, horrifying. And I hope that the the judges apply Sorry, a little bit upset. of reason <laughs> and logic. It is upsetting. Yeah. It's it's this. It, I don't even know how to articulate. Sometimes I often think about this. Like, how do you articulate what's actually happening in this country? And the fact that I sometimes I'll see you know as I'm mm-hmm. out and about, you look mm-hmm. at people going about their daily oh, lives. Gosh. And <laughs> right, and it's like it's it, there's so much happening in this state and in this country, right? Um, that's that people are turning a blind eye to, and it it's it's just surprising to me, it's and it's, it's hard to articulate. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll read an article or I'll see something, and I think, why are we not all in the streets I saying know. this will end? This I is know. our country. This is our constitution. These are our children. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet it's it's seems to continue to you know goes by idly by and mm-hmm. uh, no one seems to get involved well I think it goes that was uh, similar to your question earlier it's mm-hmm. one we've been deconditioned to think that us wanting our individual liberties and rights and mm-hmm. freedoms including yours right. yours for you mine for me mm-hmm. yours for your children and your families and mine right. that that is selfish so number one and number two, I truly think it's too much. Like mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming. It's sure. incapacitating. And sure. we've talked about this before. Yeah. I there we've never before in the history of California legislative history had I think at one point it was fourteen bad bills. If you include A B fourteen hundred and there there was fourteen bad yeah. bills. Yeah. You know, in twenty sixteen and twenty nineteen they were facing one bad bill. Two seven six, two seven seven and two seven six. And that was took everyone's energy that was it's, in the movement. Right. This it's like it, the floodgates have bills. opened. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it's like they have carte blanche to just, they've been given the, the edict that they have uh-huh. total rights to strip uh-huh. away everything that is sacred, everything that is ethical, uh-huh. everything that is constitutional. Uh-huh. So, okay, so you've got um, the, the Orange County Board of Supervisors. Oh, sorry, yeah. uh-huh. Yep. Okay, what, what's, what's the other? So we have our strategic lawsuit. Uh-huh. So I was mentioning kind of like the battlefield, right? Uh-huh. We got we to gotta attack the legislature. We got to uh, not attack. <laughs> we have to approach or address, that's the word I'm looking for, address yes. what's going on in the California legislature. We have to address what's happening locally in our school boards and our mm-hmm. boards of supervisors and our schools yeah. and our in our you know businesses mm-hmm. and in places of employment. And then we have to focus on election, election integrity, and then not only re- recall, recalling who is the bad apples that are in office, but then also identifying people to fill their spots because we've seen a lot of times where you will actually get through a recall, which is really tough to do. Sure. And then there's no one to replace them, and then there's that mm-hmm. vacuum, and it sucks in another bad apple. Right. So you, those are, in mm-hmm. my opinion, the three places. And then your home, yeah. right? Having conversations with your kids yeah. and, and just fortifying that in your community. Yeah. So that's just something we should all be working on always. But those are kind of like the four strategic areas. So in our litigation, and then there's the litigation, right? And litigation is like that's the last ditch resort you guys mm-hmm. please please don't wait for us to yeah. bring the lawsuit there is there are not enough attorneys that want to do no sure. there are not enough attorneys that want to do this work well and it also you you alluded to the, the fact that you're hoping that the judge will make the right decision right the judge will will do what is was constitutionally right. op, they're constitutionally obligated to right. do right. so if it gets to a point where you're engaging in litigation mm-hmm. Um, it almost seems like a roll of the dice depending on the judge that you get. And the district or the mm-hmm. venue that you're in. And, yeah. and let's not be naive. I know there are lots of forces at play here. Mm-hmm. And I know there are a lot of interests that are at play sure, here. Sure. So you can have the best well-intentioned judge on the face of the planet, mm-hmm. but if you have other pressures that are happening, mm-hmm. they will find a procedural herp- loophole, hurdle, yeah. 
way to work around it or delay it or I mean there's been a lot of that delay 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 sure. delay and in the meantime the the fact you know the conditions are changing and mm-hmm. the, fed, the gov- president comes in or the governor comes in or a bill passes I mean that's what we see in LAUSD which is our so we have just high level we have Orange County uh, Peggy Hall it's Children's Health Defense versus Orange County Board of Supervisors to end the local and local mm-hmm. health emergencies with LAUSD and that is to basically Again, draw another line in the sand. What is a school district's authority in California? And um, also we want to kind of put the science or lack of science and medicine behind the shots on trial, which is what we're doing now with Palakee and, again, Children's Health Defense mm-hmm. versus the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District, which is, again, what's a school district's authority? Mm-hmm. What, was, what was the actual meaning behind the California Department of Public Health's guidelines, mass guidance? Mm-hmm and then put the mask science or lack thereof on trial. So those are our three. So masks, shots, and um, the state of the local emergencies. And then within the mask and the shot lawsuits, we want to, the, we need the judges to decide right. what does a school district have? Because there are over a thousand school districts in the state of California. Mm-hmm. If, if with these rulings or you know other, um, the way that the defense, the respondents, the, the uh, state mm-hmm. and the, um, government agencies are, are arguing is that every school district in the state of California has broad discretion to to a, a, a very legitimate it is true interest to keep their communities their students and their faculty and staff safe yeah. true yes when okay. those they rely on one code section educa- education code section like 35160 or 31560 something like that that school districts have a, a very well vested well settled broad discretion to do whatever it takes to keep their community safe fine that code section was enacted a while ago and it was broadened and that was when there was a lot of gang violence on campus Mm, and there was drugs there there people were bringing drugs Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of drug uh, sales whatever it's Mm -hmm. called and uh, people kids were bringing (laughs) weapons to school there was gang violence that's when they started putting metal detectors in school that's when they brought in a district's authority so they could do more to protect the, the faculty and staff and the kids, the peer, the pupils. That is not, <laughs> that does not override the state, California Department of Health's mm-hmm. well-settled authority to dictate what immunizations are required mm-hmm. for children to matriculate through schools in California. Um, that is even a longer standing authority, power mm-hmm. that the California Department of Public Health has. And the reason why it needs to come from the California Department of Public Health and the Capitol and not each individual of the of the 1,000 school districts in the state of California is if you don't have one authority dictating mm-hmm. what all the districts do, which was the purpose behind the Health and Safety Code, yeah. you're going to have 1,000 different immunization requirements up and down the state of California. And each sure. district has hundreds of schools. Right which is, is antithetical to the California Department of Public Health's intention in, in drafting these health and safety code sections. They wanted one uniform immunization set of immunization requirements so that you couldn't like forum shop. Right. Like, oh, I want to get, I want, you know, they wanted to make all of California safe, right. purportedly, right, allegedly. Everybody get the same immunizations. All the students up and down the state would be, have the same immunizations everybody would be safe because otherwise you would have these dangerous pockets of unvaccinated students and killing people vectors of death and dismemberment and disease so you know we need to establish that these over 155 code sections in the health and safety code trump this one 
code section and would if you believe what the state is saying then that would just undermine all these years decades of precedent sure. all these hundreds of code sections over here and defeat the purpose have you had anyone answer the question that all of this is nonsensical in the sense that even if let's say that parents decided to go out tomorrow and vaccinate their children yeah. and and this was completely uncontested across the state there would still be covid because this does not stop the acquisition or transmission of the virus is that is that, is that part of your your well, legal framework <laughs> so when we first started the um the the vaccine lawsuit I mean, my position, again, mm -hmm. is calling it what it is, right? A vaccine prevents transmission. Right. Obviously, there are certain, like, very rare occasions where there's mm -hmm. a breakthrough case. Mm -hmm. Rare. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Sure. But if you look at the traditional, old, original definition of vaccines before they amended it twice, mm -hmm. yeah. um, that was the definition of a vaccine, more or less, right, broadly. So if these do not prevent transmission, mm -hmm. they're not vaccines, right? Now we have... Tony himself and Rochelle herself mm -hmm. admitting that these are to reduce symptoms and reduce hospitalization, allegedly again, right. but that these are to minimize your symptoms. Okay, that's called a medicine. That's right. And that's not, that's not for a public vaccine. health and safety, right? That's not a vaccine. Right. The reason why they were calling them vaccines is because then they would get the PrEP Act immunity, countermeasures immunity, mm -hmm. and then they could rely on that Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Yeah, let's talk about that. 1905 case that says um, that, and they do, states have the police power authority mm -hmm. to mandate vaccines mm -hmm. in the case of an outbreak to protect public health. And J tell, tell us what Jacobson was related to. Okay, so Jacobson is was in Massachusetts mm -hmm. in a municipality, there was a smallpox outbreak, okay? Mm -hmm. Jacobson and his son had had, or his nephew, and I can't remember, had had adverse react, they had been immunized mm -hmm. before or had immunizations before and they had really bad adverse reactions. So they didn't want to get immunized mm -hmm. for the smallpox outbreak. Yeah. And the, it was really interesting because Jacobson versus Massachusetts doesn't apply to our situation at hand. So really quickly to answer your question, these mm -hmm. are not vaccines. So my position has always been, we're not going to talk about them like vaccines. Right. Because they're it, not. They're not vaccines. Yes, mm -hmm. if there's vaccines, then there is precedent and authority mm -hmm. for what you do with vaccines. But if these are not vaccines, we're going to treat them like medicine. And in California, you have the right to refuse med medicine. And in California, you actually have the right to to die. Right. The right to die. Mm -hmm. If you want to die, you can refuse medical treatment. You can refuse medicines. Mm -hmm. you, you have the right to die in California, right. which is why they are so keen on calling these vaccines, mm -hmm. changing the definition to fit their narrative, yeah. They're not vaccines because, and you don't have this, like, again, yeah. this well-settled precedent to justify them and shield the sure. manufacturers and, from and I mean, we could, I mean, we could probably talk for hours mm -hmm. about the fact that, look, there are a multitude of, of laws being broken mm -hmm. with re regard to the fact that we have no understanding of what's contained in these, these mm -hmm. vaccines. You mm -hmm. have the right mm -hmm. to informed consent. Mm -hmm. At no point do you, uh, is, is the government absolved of informed consent, right. and yet we seem to be trampling all over that. Yeah. Well, going to your point earlier about what this means for the medical profession, I mean, mm -hmm. this is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, so to answer your question, we, we definitely talk about that these are, when we, our goal, okay, let me back up even further. So this is, sounds corny, but since the, and I've always said this since I would say on my 
you know, Instagram lives or whatever when I was up at three in the morning reading people the law, I would say the law is on your side. It's kind of become our trademark. Yeah. Because I would tell people I'm not doing this for fun. Like right. I wa- I don't want to You want to be sleeping this. at three yeah. in the morning. <laughs> I would not be talking about this if the law was not on your side. The law is on your side. It is so, so clear. And so I mentioned that because our lawsuits if we go on the laws that we mm-hmm. sue on, it's very clear. Sure. So we went in very narrow. We haven't made the, this argument about vaccines until just re- recently when they let, got we got our foot in the door. Okay. So once we started the lawsuits on very, very specific, narrow, black letter law mm-hmm. issues, now we've gotten in and now we've amended our, our lawsuits and now we've really opened the doors okay. And, okay. And, 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 and broadened the scope of our litigation. Yeah. Okay. We just wanted to get in. So now we are making the arguments of vaccines and, and or that they're not vaccines, that they're medicine and what that means in California okay. for anybody. And um, Jacobson versus Massachusetts doesn't apply because they're not vaccines. And even if they were vaccines, mm-hmm. I just want everybody to know, they can go on our blog, backslawtruthjustice.com forward slash blog. I think it was my first blog post where I'm like, mm-hmm. Why are we talking about Jacobson versus Massachusetts? Number one, they're not vaccines. But number two, Jacobson versus Massachusetts said that adults, mm-hmm. 21 and older, had to get vaccinated against smallpox, which had been around for 100 years right. in 1905. So there okay. was clearly a tremendous amount of science and data. Been around for 100 years. We're not talking about 100 days mm-hmm. at that point when I wrote the blog post. So adults, 21 and over, had to get vaccinated with vaccines that prevented tr- transmission allegedly that had been around for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't want to get it, you got to pay a $5 fine and go about your ver- merry way. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that today you just pay $5, but sure. maybe $500 right. or 5,000. Right. But number one, you could opt out. And number two, when you opted out, you got to live your normal life, right. not double mask, sit by yourself, mm-hmm. isolate. You can't come to work. You have to work remote. If you come in, you have to, I had a client that was, working out of the storage closet oh my gosh she had to eat by herself outside if she ever took sips in her closet she had to drink out of a straw behind her mask that is not the same situation at all Wow. so jacobson versus massachusetts even if these are vaccines doesn't apply sure we're trying to force it on our kids you can't opt out they have been around for not a lot of days Mm -hmm. at all and you know yeah, well, that brings apply. up a really interesting point. One that I um, I understand that that there needs to be exemptions, but but I my personal belief on that is mm-hmm. there shouldn't be exemptions because we shouldn't be forcing this. Right. Right. There shouldn't be. A, well, everyone has to do it, Mm-mm. but if you need an exemption, you mm-hmm. must fall within this criteria. Mm-hmm. I think it's a personal choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evident that this has nothing to do with public health right. and safety. It's right. evident that this has nothing to do with with efficacy of the vaccines. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it does bring up an interesting point because it's also something that people don't understand is that you know, I, and I get a lot of people that say to me, "Hey, if 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 this eight seven one were to go through, I'd just get an exemption for my child." You can't get an exemption. Right. That <laughs> that's a myth, right? Yeah, let's really let's bad. talk about that uh-huh. because people are operating uh, under the mistaken belief that they will go out and get a personal belief exemption, a religious exemption, a medical exemption. Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that medical exemptions, 100% off the table, Mm -hmm. especially given um, AB 2098. Any doctor that writes a medical exemption will most likely have their their licenses taken away from them. Well, let's be clear. You can't get, I mean, yeah. um, So, mm, I need to 
about how I answer this, but uh, there's a lot of factors at play. Sure. Um, you, if you are allergic to any of the ingredients, mm-hmm. which you would probably only know if you had had a, you or your child if you knew had the ingredients, previous, yeah, if you knew the ingredients, number one, and <laughs> if you had a previous, you or your child had a previous. You know, anaphylactic shock to one of the sure. ingredients, I think that you can get an exemption that way. Mm-hmm. But let's be very clear. In 2016, so there's 276 and 277. Uh-huh. Those 276 basically narrowed the categories of uh, reasons that you could get a medical exemption. Number one, your child literally has to become a almost quadriplegic, have some sort mm-hmm. of a brain injury or spinal injury, some sort of reaction or mm-hmm. a reaction in the in the brain or the spinal cord um, literally again like I said become a quadriplegic in order for you to so get, it's a moot point then it's anyway very narrow right yep. and you have had to have gotten one of the shots if mm-hmm. there's like a multi-dose series to know number sure. one but number two the most egregious part of that bill was that it limited a doctor could only do five medical exemptions and once they did more than five then they would open up the entire their entire file, their entire history of granting medical exemptions. So if they did f- over five, five, five. So we're yeah, let's about think about. Hold on. How many think about students that. or patients you see? Right. So yeah. so if I'm a pediatrician, mm-hmm. let's say, and in and I in my practice, I see a thousand patients. Right. If you do over five, only five of them. Right. And you know you're going to keep them for your your own kids. And that's or your so arbitrary. How in the world can you know? the specific number or threshold mm-hmm. of medical exemptions mm-hmm. that you're going to need. Right. That, ta- that in my mind, that goes against the practice of medicine itself. 100%. You're not, they're not doing, med- they're not rendering medical right. care. And then they would open them up, open up all their exemptions wow. retroactively and put it basically and upload these doctors into a database so that they're there on this registry and so that they're now being monitored and tracked and subject to discipline so and maybe getting their medical privileges revoked so with that bill effectively got rid of medical exemptions there's a um a video on that i reposted from california freedom keepers mm-hmm. and they all called medical there was you know the members of California Freedom mm-hmm. Keepers called doctors' offices and said, "Hi, I just moved from Texas. Hi, I just moved from Virginia. Hi, and da 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 da. I, you know, I'm calling to see if Doctor Smith or whatever would um, is writing medical exemptions. My son had this anaphylactic shot, and the the nurse, the staffer, mm-hmm. the receptionist, on the phone call, having not seen the patient, heard any of the background, seen the medical records, having the doctor seen the patient, would say, "We don't give medical exemptions in this office." I challenge any person listening to this podcast do it pretend you move from out of state you're trying to enroll your kid in school Mm -hmm. you need to get a medical exemption and see what the call 10 doctors yeah they they said on the phone we don't we don't write medical exemptions in this office oh no it won't happen and and if ab 2098 happens there will be there will be a total destruction of the medical system and you will not find a doctor in the state of california willing to actually practice medicine it's 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 that's just I mean it's I I don't know how you even we were talking about this morning on Mm -hmm. our conference call I don't even know how you let's say this bill becomes law 2098 becomes Mm -hmm. law I don't even know how you quantify that like how do you measure that how do you say what is misinformation and disinformation 
and what is below the standard of care? Mm -hmm. What is the standard of care in the novel sure. virus pandemic? How well, I think know? it's intentionally, oh, by sure. design, mm -hmm. obscure mm -hmm. um, and and not clear. Mm -hmm. So that this, again, in my mind, this mm -hmm. is the, the first step. The mm -hmm. door is now open mm -hmm. to having doctors essentially just become an mm -hmm. extension of government and, mm -hmm. and pharma. Mm -hmm. And they will then be operating under whatever direction the government and pharma right. gives them. Right. So you will no longer, when you go to your medical practitioner, you will no longer be having mm -hmm. a true conversation right. with your doctor that is employing all of the, whether it's no. the, the Hippocratic Oath, right. their ethical standards. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there will be no doctor-patient no. relationship, no um, practice of medicine where someone's seeking to understand the patient mm -hmm. and, and apply uh, either diagnostics and then a, a pathway for intervention. Right. None of that will be taking place. No, no, no. Because, you know, you see House or whatever, that show House or <laughs> yeah. whatever, mm -hmm. and, and he sees the patient. Mm -hmm. He has no idea what's going on, and then he runs a test, and then he talks right. to them, and then he looks at them, and he sure. touches them, and then he listens to them, and then he monitors them. That's the practice mm -hmm. of medicine. Sure. The practice of medicine isn't, this is the protocol, and I just am re right. regurgitating the protocol. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old you are, what your ethnicity is, what mm -hmm. your underlying conditions are, what your medical, that is not the practice. The practice of medicine is actually a science, right? Sure. It's medicine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I we were talking about what I was saying earlier on our call was that it's we've never had the government either dictating, right? Mm -hmm. We have the medical board. The medical right. board has standards based on hundreds of years of medical practice, and right. these are the standards based on, you know, hundreds of thousands of doctors or tens right. of, I don't know, in California anymore, the number, but this is the, it's actually the national standard of care mm -hmm. based on millions of doctors practicing medicine here and even abroad, like yeah. they're international conferences. Mm -hmm. So they have set the standard of care, not the government based on what, right. two years? The of government isn't a medical entity. No, neither is the CDC. I, I'm actually drafting a block. The CDC is a joke. Yeah, the, the CDC. CDC was nothing. They yeah. used to be nothing. Mm -hmm. And now we have them as like these demagogues who are dictating medical mm -hmm. policy. And well, I, that's the other thing people don't understand. I think everyone believes that the CDC is an actual medical entity <laughs> with doctors, <laughs> medical doctors right. that are running this. Right. And as Aaron Cariotti and I were discussing, that's such a, a myth and a yeah, fallacy, nothing. a misperception that um, the CDC is simply a, it's a regulatory organization that offers guidance on mass regulatory policies. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you will find that the people sitting at the highest levels are not individuals that are even medically qualified. Right, right. <laughs> and right. so, and, but yet here they are impacting right. us in such traumatic ways. So I, this has been an amazing conversation. <laughs> I've had so much fun. Yeah. Tell us, um, tell us how people can follow the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, how can we can we keep you know keep a track of the success? Because I believe right. you're going to be very successful. We are. We are. We and, are. and how can we support you? <clears throat> I would say you know, and before we wrap up, because you keep bringing up 2098, which is yeah. being heard on Monday, I would just really, I'm not even going to encourage people. People need to wake up. Mm -hmm. Um, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is not something that will end. The more that you continue to comply and or keep your head buried in the sand or pretend that you your workarounds are going to work, the longer this will go. And if you do not get engaged and embrace everything that it means to be an American citizen, mm -hmm. there are literally people who are today dying Still, yes. coming on rafts, yes. crossing deserts, crossing rivers with their children, drowning, 
all the horrible things that you could possibly imagine to get to this country Mm -hmm. because we have civic participation we have civic duty actually to participate Mm -hmm. to be involved in the elections Mm -hmm. be involved in our governments our school boards and and, and these decisions and and going to speak to our elected elected representatives if they don't do what they said they were going to do or what actually the majority of the people want them to do Uh, we I think have gotten very comfortable in this country for a very long time and weren't engaged and then COVID-19 they basically, like you were mentioning, they isolated us, mm-hmm. they brainwashed us, they fear-mongered us, they broke us down mentally, they separated us, we couldn't even hug each other, we thought we were gonna kill each other or mm-hmm. each other's grandmothers, and just really the propaganda, the fear-mongering, that's done. Yeah. Okay, we did that for two years. Right. That is such a long time. Yeah. So people need to say, and where I'm done, mm-hmm. and they need to get involved. They cannot rely on you and on Lynn, on, on me and Rita and Jessica to fight these battles mm-hmm. because I can win in court, right. but if I walk out and you're wearing your mask yeah. or you're testing your kids, mm-hmm. then everything that we're fighting for means nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want this to end today, mm-hmm. everybody calls, gets off this podcast, calls their 50 closest friends and not so closest friends and say we're done wearing masks right we're not gonna you know test our kids in school we're not Mm -hmm. gonna it would be done right i always say that i always say that you know and honestly i believe seriously believe this that nicole if we had 20 percent more than we have today right that just stopped complying right you and i would not be having this conversation No, no we don't need all 100% of the people that live in the United no, States of America. We, don't. we need 20%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, it's it's And these 20% by the way already believe what you and I believe. And right, it's not about belief. It. They know because they've seen mm-hmm. the the data, they've seen the science and I say that I don't I know what you the other side talks about the science. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they but they've seen it and and the reality is logic will tell you if you turn on your TV, mm-hmm. they will make you feel as right. though there are this is mass catastrophe mm-hmm. but logic will tell you if you open your front door right if that were the case there would be bodies all over oh, the, all over the streets mm-hmm. people would be dying in droves mm-hmm. that's not what's happening no it's not what's happening I, I think people are just lazy i think that people do watch us and they mm-hmm. like our stuff mm-hmm. i don't want you to like my stuff i'm not saying you need to come to the capitol with me and rally with me but i you need to go to the website your website's amazing we are partners yes. and, and mm-hmm. we share information i'm great so grateful for you mm-hmm. being a platform to share our resources that i would say in the beginning of this my 3ams were writing toolkits yeah. like writing templates writing letters so that people could take them put in the date and their school's name and their mm-hmm. superintendent's names and give them step-by-step guides mm-hmm. how to go, how yes. back up, how to text your friends, what to say, yeah. host a meeting in your house on Saturday, open mm-hmm. house from 11 to 1 p.m., hand out the materials, then plan the next board meeting that we're yeah. going to go together. We're going to have a conversation with the, with the data and the science and the law and the rules, right. and we're going to explain to them why this is wrong. And then if they don't listen to us, how we're all going to walk out together, right. how we're all going to quit together, right. how we're all going to say no that's right. together, that's what I want. That's what I want. What my team wants to say, <laughs> wants me to say, <laughs> is we need um, more people to help join our team. We're growing our team. 
we need more attorneys we need more support staff mm-hmm. um, we are working on expanding um, getting offices and, and growing because this is the demand is not going down mm-hmm. more people are being injured more people are being taken advantage of the immigrant and minority populations are just getting annihilated but they're finally starting to wake up thank god um, this is not why they came to this country. Right. Um, to be so a tool. To be a, to-, to be a lab rat. They're yep. being used as lab rats right. to take advantage of. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, I mean, truly, it, it's the, we need we do need money. We do need financial support. Mm-hmm. We need to keep flying up to the, the capital mm-hmm. to meet. You know, what I've been doing with you has yeah. been going to meet with these representatives as mm-hmm. an attorney in my business suit and going with the law, with the yeah. cases, with the statutes printed out, mm-hmm. giving them a presentation, explaining to them the law, making myself available, yeah. doing Zooms. Because again, if we crack the foundation, if we create so enough seeds of doubt mm-hmm. to crack this foundation, then they won't have a solid foundation upon which to roll out their criminal right. enterprise. They, mm-hmm. It's a shaky foundation. They won't be able to, if there are enough of us awake, if there are enough pockets, if there are enough representatives that are, I'm not, I'm going to abstain or I'm going to vote no, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk to my five closest representative friends, mm-hmm. my five closest board members, and keep rolling it. That's, that is how we're going to win. And so Absolutely. that's what I want for people to do. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting to me just, and I, th- I think that you probably agree with this, but just from also from a human psychology mm-hmm. standpoint, I think we lived with this state of fear for so long. Mm-hmm. I personally have never been someone that, that lives in a state of fear. Right. Um, I, for, 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 I'm not sure how I became that person, <laughs> but I just accept the fact that the moment that you're born is you're, you're in the process of dying. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you should throw caution to the wind and you know, live your life with your hair on fire and never, never take, you know, and always takes, take risks and Mm. never, and never mitigate risk. But at the same time, I mean, if you're someone that's willing to get into a vehicle, you're someone that's willing to get into a swimming pool, you're someone that's willing to engage in day-to-day life, Mm -hmm. um, COVID-19 and what it's been, you know, I think promoted to be is not this, the, it's not what it's been promoted to Mm -hmm. be, I guess Mm -hmm. is that better way to say it. And um, there is there is a piece of it as humans that we have to accept the fact that we are all in the process of dying. Right. Ultimately, this right. will end right. at some point. Um, and this what but the crime that's been committed against us mm-hmm. is that we have all been convinced that we have to be live in such a state of fear that we're not willing to engage mm-hmm. in mainstream life and society. And we're willing, not only for us, but we're also willing to do that to our children. Right. And I think that's where you and I have said very early on, we had some questions, right? right? right. And, and we're not willing to do that in well, particular it, to our children. And is it living? It's not living. It's not living. Right. So you know what they've done is terrorized us with these ventilators and these people Mm -hmm. on ventilators and they're suffocating they're drowning in their own you know Mm -hmm. all the things that they said to us and those were the only images that we saw without understanding the the incentives that they had the biggest crime to me has been denying people again basic medical care and treatment which is the early protocols which are vitamin c vitamin d3 quercetin uh, ivermectin oh, yeah. i'm sorry all the things that you know zinc right health uh healthy excuse me fresh air sunlight everything that they told right. you not to do was everything we should have been doing be with people sure. be outside sunlight fresh air vitamins instead we, we literally locked down beaches and hiking paths uh, hiking paths and and you know i have people say to me and i've said it on this podcast people have come up to me and said you don't understand i know people that have died of covid sure and my response to them mm-hmm. is 
I'm sorry that you feel that way. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that you know anyone that's died of COVID. I believe, oh, right. I believe that you know people that were murdered because they were denied access mm-hmm. to effective early mm-hmm. medical intervention mm-hmm. that could have actually saved mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. So it is horrifically tragic. That your friend was murdered. Yeah, that's right. Put and on that a ventilator be. and given yep. remdesivir. Mm-hmm. That was murder. It has a 36% yeah. um, success rate, for lack of a better right. word, of shutting down all of your major organs. That's right. I'm sorry your friend was murdered. Would you like to come help us right. you know, advocate right. and get these monsters out of office? Right. Don't continue to, to um, propagate what has been done to these people that have died unnecessarily. And can I just, I know we have to go, but I just want to say one thing, because I actually thought you were going to say a little bit of a different thing is about people like throwing caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. I actually would say now is the time. No, right, yes. This legislative session, and I'm talking mm-hmm. to our listeners in, in California, yeah. this is this is yeah. the session. I, again, we would not, you as well, Lynn, yeah. all of us in here would not be doing what we're doing if it wasn't so bad. And mm-hmm. we're not talking about shots just for schools. And we're mm-hmm. talking about 14 bad bills mm-hmm. that were going to make it impossible for you to work, AB right. 1993, impossible for your children to go to school, SB 871, um, impossible uh, for you to protect your kids and dictate what medicines they need or don't need. That's SB 866, mm-hmm. right? And then you think, so then you think, oh, whatever, work doesn't matter. We'll get a workaround. We'll work remote. Oh, school, we'll do a pod. We'll do a pod. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, what in your child what if when your child leaves that pod and wants mm-hmm. to go play on the soccer team or participate in a debate team mm-hmm. or travel or go to prom? Then we have SB eight six six which allows twelve year olds to decide mm-hmm. what medicines they want now, fifteen, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you can't even protect your kids even if you have the best intentions and the best right. relationship with them because they can go to a CVS and get their Gatorade Snickers and a vaccine That's to get right. the twenty five dollar gift card. Okay, so then, and then you're like, okay, well, they would never do that. We had a great conversation. They'll never do that. So then we have them going to their pediatrician's office or their dentist's office where they can get the vaccinated Mm -hmm. per this bill. And now we have a doctor who won't say no to them Mm -hmm. because we have AB 2098. That's right. And then. And not not only will not say no, but will actually. Promote it. Promote it. Yes, because of AB 209. I mean, again, my arm hairs are sticking up. So, and then. You know how you're, he's going to protect himself? He's going to seal, recommend that your child yeah. seal his or her medical records because of right. SB 1419. You guys, look up these bills. Yeah. Rewind this podcast and write down these yes. bill numbers. They exist because SB 1419 by Senator Becker mm-hmm. says that where a minor can consent to medical treatment, he or she can, the minor can seal their medical That's records. Right. Mm-hmm. So you think, okay, they don't need to work, I'll support them. They don't need to go to school, I'll do a pod school. Okay, they know not to get a vaccine at a vaccination clinic or at a CVS or at mm-hmm. their pediatrician's office. Okay, uh, wait, now when I do take them to the doctor, the doctor's not gonna protect mm-hmm. them. We had Assembly Bill or Senate Bill 8, 1184, which police officers couldn't intervene. That's that right. one's got That pulled, one's also God. was quite scary. That was very scary. Then we have the doctors who aren't going to protect the kids. And then when the doctors know they did something wrong, going to encourage them to seal their medical records. And then all of this is going to be uploaded into the centralized right. database. It is a digital database. Right. The three vaccination databases that currently exist in California will be consolidated into the care system. That's CAIR, California Immunization Registry. It will be digital, and all of the data will be reported to the California Department of Public Health in addition to, and you think this is the last, this is the last piece that is so critical it's being heard today, Assembly Bill 1479. You think your kid is so strong. You, we could barely withstand these things. Right. When, when, 
because I really do think that Assembly Bill 1479, which is the, the COVID-19 testing. The testing, okay? right. I hate to break it to you. We're, we're gonna, we're got, we got the strategy. It's going to be okay. But I think it has a very significant chance of passing. It's being heard today. You think your kid can withstand all of these things, but when they're getting a nasal swab shoved right. up their nose every With week, they are going to go and get the vaccine without you knowing. That's right. Your household will because be divided like it is now. Sure. Well, we already see. They're going to go with the, that because they're also then going to be the kid that has to go get tested. So they're going to be ostracized. ostracized right. Outed, and bullied, that's harassed, right. threatened by their peers, by their teachers. That's right. So this this 1479 and SB866, that was kind of like their Hail Mary catch-all. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. You want to work around all these other requirements? We're going to make it impossible for your child to go to school. Mm-hmm. We're going to shove something up their noses every which has a cancer causing agent carcinogen, uh-huh. on it that which a lot of people don't understand yes do, i've personally never done it so i can't tell but i see the photos and it's very terrible <laughs> we're gonna do this every single week and we're gonna make the ones who have to do it because they're not vaccinated mm-hmm. feel bad about it and we're gonna do it in the middle of a courtyard in the quad so people yes. can see oh. and then make fun of them mm-hmm. and then we have sb866 which is going to let them go Get it by the get the vaccine so they don't without have to test your anymore. knowledge or consent. And then SB 1419, right. that's going to seal their b- records so when they you, go to the pediatrician. So you won't know, God forbid, mm-hmm. they do it and they have an adverse mm-hmm. reaction. You'll have no idea mm-hmm. why they're having an, a, an some type of um, mm-hmm. an unknown reaction. Mm-hmm. And even if you're on board, mm-hmm. even if you're on board for these right now, you're going to be uploaded into the digital care system, the right. digital database, and you will never yeah. get out. And I think. It, you know, if, if you're someone that is listening to this and you really genuinely believe in the vaccine mm-hmm. and you genuinely believe that this is the right course of action for yourself and your family, I would I would highly encourage that whoever that is to also understand that this really has nothing to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. It really has nothing to do with this no. vaccine. And it has everything to do with the fact that for the first time in the history of this country, mm-hmm. in the history of the what I believe is the greatest civilization to ever exist, mm-hmm. the most opportunity giving, mm-hmm. the most equitable c- civilization mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah. For the first time yeah. since we have been founded, we no longer have parental rights. Mm-hmm. You no longer have rights. You right. no longer have freedoms. Right. This is the complete and utter annihilation of that. Right. And I think that's what we really need to focus on. Well, even hum- not just parental rights, human rights. Mm-hmm. When you, when we are all in this centralized digital, because mind you, right. if everybody stops right now and goes up to their bathroom, right, their master bathroom or their safe, some people mm-hmm. have it in their safe, and they pull out the immunization card, mm-hmm. two things. It's a card. Right. It's yellow. And it's falling apart because it's been at the bottom of your purse and you don't even know where it is. And you get a new one every time you go because they don't matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's called an immunization record. It's not a vaccination record. That's right. It's an immunization record. So if you got, you're going, you're talking about, this is not about your health and safety. This is about getting vaccinated Mm -hmm. and then tagging everybody with a digital identifier. I'm not talking about a tag, even though there are tags. (laughs) They do want to put the little trackers in like in Sweden. They have it already under your palm of your hand. We're talking about a digital QR code tied to your vaccination status, not your immunization, because I had chickenpox. Right. I did yeah. not get immunized, or excuse That's me, vaccinated right. against chickenpox. Yet on my immunization yellow dingy card, it says that I'm immunized against vac- against chickenpox. Right. This is about digital proof of vaccination. So once everyone is getting their vaccines, 
they get they do have and you guys all got your QR codes yeah. and here's your proof of vaccination here's your proof so you can swipe yeah. it to go to the concert and swipe right. it to, to live go, to live to and live. Be, to, it's and a biomedical identification system it is it's and a if, tracking system if it rolls out if it, this is what you're to your point if you believe in vaccines if you believe in COVID-19 if you believe just don't we don't need the the digital tracking right. passport system because yeah. then you will have your identifier also for your exemption you if the if the digital system rolls out across the state of california you'll have a qr code because you got the vaccine or a qr code because you got the exemption and you will have to swipe that to get on the subway get on a Mm -hmm. bus swipe into your get a sandwich pay for your sandwich you swipe that code and you will be green every booster you get now you're on your fourth booster and you your seizures are getting worse so you don't want to take the fifth booster now your code is red Right. So now you're two shots in and five, four boosters in, and after all of that, all the seizures, all the mm-hmm. eczema, all the hives, all the anaphylactic, whatever it is, now, you, like in Israel, mm-hmm. now your code is green. That's right. But now you have no option other than to keep going because now there's a digital pro- That's right. passport system. That's right. That and, and, it won't, and it won't stop at COVID. There no. will be something else. Right? We're already talking about renaming monkeypox. Right. Well, the, the, the immunization registry will be open mm-hmm. for all immunizations. Or excuse sure. me. It's called the immunization registry, but yeah. it's for vaccinations. Yeah. And for example, the um, Senate Bill fourteen nineteen, which is Senator Richard Pan's bill, mm-hmm. says that you are going to test. You have that the schools, every school district has to have a COVID nineteen testing protocol mm-hmm. that delivers the data in an easily transmissible transmissible format, mm-hmm. digital, to the California Department of Public Health that can be expanded to test for any other quote unquote infectious or communicable diseases. That might arise in the future. Yeah. This is perpetual testing. Your children will have to test yeah. in order to go to school in California mm-hmm. if this bill passes. Right. So people need to get engaged. People, you do have to throw caution to the wind. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This is, if there's ever a time mm-hmm. in history, mm-hmm. now is the time. Now is the time. Now is That's the time. That's why we're here. That's right. Spending our what day is today? Tuesday. I don't even. Afternoon. I have <laughs> lost. I have lost track of so months tired. and days at yeah. this point. I don't know how you mm-hmm. keep track of, of the time of day either. But no. this has been amazing. <laughs> We're gonna put we your link in um, in the podcast yeah. um, so people can see how to get in touch with you, mm-hmm. um, how to donate to the to what you guys are doing, and how to follow everything that you're doing yeah. because it's really, really, really important work. And it's beyond just the scope of, of legal. I think it's um, it's really really important about education work right. and bringing bringing light to what's happening. So, right. please everybody um, follow what Nicole is doing, yeah. what her team is doing. Um, it's been amazing. Thank Super you for fun. having me. Thank and you. everybody needs to say thank you to Unity Project because you guys came in and had a very big plan, like goal idea yeah. in mind and. It's been such a blessing to be part thank of that you. journey with you guys and see everything you're doing and you. just such a thank you for your support. Yeah, absolutely. You, you guys, guys are, are awesome. you're, you're our hope. So, <laughs> And everybody yeah. get involved because we're here because we have the right to be here. You have the right to be here. This is your within your authority and power and right and obligation, really, yeah. truly. It's your obligation to fight for, even if you don't need to do it for yourselves, to do it for others who don't have yeah. the voice and don't have the resources. And for your children. And for your and children, yeah. including your children, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you for having me. That's <laughs> all of us at The Unity Project. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
we hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that the Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.